Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Howdy, everybody. This is Nick Smolowski with another Bad Elf Tech Minute saying hi to all those geoholics out there. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about an article that came out on GPS World on August 24th talking about how the FAA is planning to test unmanned aircraft detection uh, mitigation equipment at airports. So if you are part of the drone world, uh, you do any type of data acquisition aerially, this is something you may want to check into. The FAA is planning to evaluate technologies and systems um, that could not only detect drones, but mitigate potential safety risks posed by these unmanned aerial systems. Um, the effort will be part of the agency uh, FAA's Airport Unmanned Aircraft Systems Detection and Mitigation Research Project and Program. So what does this mean for all y'all people out there? So they're, they're going to be testing at least 10 technologies uh, or individual systems. And so if you produce drones, that would be something to check into. But I think additionally, this is important to note that if you are flying drones and you are potentially one of those people out there that are still being a little bit of a cowboy and not following all the FAA rules or perhaps are not a part 107 pilot, uh, just be aware that there are mitigation uh, technologies coming online that will potentially take your aircraft out of the air. And just remember, you don't want to be breaking rules. So check this out. Um, this is a new thing from the FAA. Pretty neat technology trying to make us all safer in the skies. Again, this is Nick Smolowski with Bad Elf bringing you your Geoholics Tech Minute. Uh, you can give me a buzz at nick at bad-elf.com. That's N-I-K at bad-elf.com. Love to hear from y'all. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about this week's episode. It being episode 56, I have to believe this is the LT episode. Oh, Shoots. absolutely. Lawrence, the man, Taylor. Uh, second overall pick, 1981, played from 1981 to 1993 for the New York Football Giants. Uh, Two-time Super Bowl champion, 10-time Pro Bowler. 1999 NFL Hall of Fame inductee, and his number 56 is retired by the Giants. Can't, can't argue with that, buddy. Can't get a better number 56. No, you cannot. I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. If you haven't already, please consider joining the Geoholics fan club. If you make a $50 donation to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, you will be receiving an unbelievable Geoholics fan pack. They'll include a Geoholics t-shirt, two wristbands, two stickers, two koozies, two tattoos, courtesy of DBLS, and a new and improved Geoholics pint glass. I gotta let everybody know, those of you that are awaiting your fan packs, we had to reorder the pint glasses because come to find out, you'll see. Just trust me. <laughs> Anybody that issue, has one trust knows. Me. There, was a, there was a quality <laughs> control issue and needless to say, we got the replacements. Ryan has promised to get these in the mail this week. I will do so. So if you guys really don't like me, keep sending us money and I'll have to do more work. <laughs> <laughs> that opening number, feeling very patriotic this evening, John Philip Souza. Name of the song is Stars and Stripes Forever. JPS, as I like to refer to him, was <laughs> he's, an American... He's an old buddy of yours. <laughs> American Roots Rocker. No, <laughs> that was from last week. Uh, he's an American composer and conductor of the late Romantic era, known primarily for American military marches. He is known as the American March King, as a matter of fact. Among his best-known marches are Stars and Stripes Forever, of course, the National March of the United States of America, Semper Fidelis, a 
official march of the United States Marine Corps. Hoorah. Liberty Bell, the Thunder, and the Washington Post. So we got a lot to get to tonight. So we're going to get through this as quickly and efficiently as possible. Shout out to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Check them out at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United. Find them at landsurveyorsunited.com. LiDAR News, lidarnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program in Champaign, Illinois, parkland.edu slash surveying. I feel, I feel like we're singing a duet here. It's, it's Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. And the aforementioned Diamondback Land Surveying, DBLS, uh, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, and also getkidsintosurvey.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., agsgps.com. And Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Last but not least, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com. Wow, that was, was fast. That was quick. <laughs> I like it. Here we are in the Sue Sue Studio, shameless plug. The Cobb Fenley mission is to collaborate with employees and clients to provide engineering solutions that further their commitment to growth in the community. Check them out at cobbfenley.com. Let's catch up the boys just a little bit. Producer Jake, what's new, man? How's it going, guys? I'm doing really good. Um, not a whole lot new for me, per usual. Uh, weather's getting a lot nicer. We had a little cold front come through. I uh, went and took the opportunity to go hose down all the patios, the balconies, get everything all set so we can enjoy this nice weather and be able to sit outside. And then also, um, just like DD over here, I had to make a little bit of investment in some outdoor furniture so I could uh, really enjoy that <laughs> this nice. winter. You got room for a hammock? I, I've been trying to do that for years. I got a hammock. Uh, if you got room for it, it's all yours. No, I think that that one that you, that's in your backyard currently. It's a monster. Yeah, it's way too big. Okay. <laughs> I wish though. We can extend the patio. Maybe take we the railings off. Or just put it in the garage. Well, park the car outside. Yeah, get the Tesla out of there. I was gonna yeah, say, kick that, kick that Tesla out of there. It's a piece of junk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, can you come over to my house, Jake, and clean the patio for me as sure, well? Yeah. And, all right, perfect. I could be like a neighborhood boy, like a twenty dollars to mow your lawn, clean your balcony. <laughs> the, the, our neighbor has a Shovel guy. That, snow. It's a kid that just shows up and like mows the yard, and I'm like. I should just hire him. I, I'm I'm too old and tired. Well, pretty soon, I can't uh, say that with this guest tonight. But <laughs> pretty soon, Huddy's gonna be mowing the lawn. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're getting to the point now. Uh, he's learning to empty the dishwasher. Hey, so that's, that's baby a start, steps. Man, we're we're getting there. Um, overall, this pandemic, man. I know he's he's struggling with it. He's better at it than I would have been at age oh, like sure, seven. Yeah, me too. But. Um, no, he's doing well with that, and we're just trying to get him a little more responsibility. So we're That's working good. on that. Yeah, well, you know. Hopefully you're up I, in his allowance. I'm pretty sure my wife's still working on trying to get me more responsibility. So it's <laughs> Hopefully a, it's she's a, up in your allowance. <laughs> it's a full-time job for her. But what about you, Kent? I, uh, besides that nice new haircut you uh, got. Oh, yeah. I went saw a Don Crow hair guy last Friday. I missed uh, I missed Cliff by a day, oh, man. unfortunately. You could have so. given him a big hug after that win. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, no. Doubt. Apparently, he was completely jacked up when uh, when he was getting a haircut on Thursday. So I I would be if I were him as well. Definitely. He d- he did make mention to Don that he feels that uh, Kyler mm-hmm. could be the best quarterback in history. What? If he could just keep his focus. <laughs> oh, so, so there's a we'll but yeah. in there. I wonder what's, what's causing him it. to yeah. uh, say that. Yep, yep. Yeah, because all this stuff I hear, he's like an intense dude. Yep. He's hyper focused from all the. But that's yep. that's external sources. Yeah. Outside of that, I did watch a, uh, I guess, a guilty pleasure type movie over the weekend. It's a Johnny Knoxville show called 
the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Oh Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't, but, but I like those interested. guys. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, uh, it chronicles a year in the life of the infamous white family. And here's, here's some of the, these, I mean, these are actual family names. Like these are people. So there's D Ray, there's Bertie, there's Jessico, there's Mammy, there's Ona Fontaine, there's Bo, Pony, Sue Bob, and Mousy. Oh That's God. just a handful of them. So if those names alone don't make you want to go home and watch this show, I don't know what will. Is this a Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Okay. Yeah, that's well, right. so, yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear what you guys say. But with that being said, so this all takes place in Boone County, West Virginia, right? So I'm going to throw not? it out there. If any of our listeners are in Boone County, West Virginia, you have a free pass to come on the show in the not too distant future. So. Info at thegeoholics.com. Yeah, <laughs> Send us the, your info. Yeah, exactly. And the, the last thing I'm going to mention is I saw today that a guy, uh, a guy in Britain put a $5 million wager on Donald Trump to win the election. Yes. Wow. I wonder yeah. who, who, could, who even takes that. I, I don't know, but it, it's going to pay him out like $15 million. Yeah, so. they say like... Uh, Betting on politics is illegal within our country. But oh, it, maybe it, that's what it is. Then. But it's apparently like wildly popular outside of the U.S. Apparently. There's a lot of gambling that's illegal in mm-hmm. our country. So. Well, yeah. Well, right, that's right. why we, that's why we gotta get Jake's bookie. <laughs> we go, I mean, no. That's why we go <laughs> offshore. Yeah, yeah. After last night, I don't think we're going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not. I, I had no faith in my team, and then they uh, they. they yeah, they thanks still, a lot, Ryan. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. That was that was a whole all my fault. All right. It shoots. Let's move on to the Don't safety. Don't use my real name. <laughs> safety. safety apparel, safety share. Matthew Stansberry has developed the best safety vest on the planet, a.k.a. the party chief. I just bought one this week, as a matter of fact. Designed by surveyors, made for everyone. Check them out at safetyapparel.us. First of all, you only bought one? That's all I needed. Just for yourself? No. Oh. Okay. For one of the, one of the boys. Well, all right. So the topic is new employees. Um... First thing you need to do is understand the associated risks in your workplace. This is done by conducting a full workplace risk assessment. Once you have all this information, you need to convey it to your new employees. They need to know possible general risks and courses of action in case of emergency, uh, risks specific to their position and the company itself. Make sure your workplace has people who know what to do in emergency situations. Any specific hazards of a job or workplace should always be discussed when orienting new employees. This helps them to be more aware and cautious moving around the workplace and reduces the risk of work-related injury or illness. Very good points. Trying. Can't argue with that. You're on a roll, man. You you and these safety shares, it's like a perfect fit. Who knew? (laughs) I'm all about that safety. Indeed. (laughs) All right. So I am, I'm honored. I'm humbled. Uh, I have so many different emotions with our guests this evening. So... He was born in Washington, Indiana in, I believe, 1917, which would make him 103 years old. He attended Pasadena Community College, then Berkeley, before transferring to Purdue, where he earned a Bachelor's of Science in Agriculture Engineering in 1952. (laughs) Achieved his Eagle Scout in 1935, served in World War II from 1941 to 1945, Still has his original Jeep Willys from 1945. Nice. He has survived an avalanche. He's been shot at. He's met gangsters. And he loves red beets. He received the Indiana Society of Professional Land Surveyors Lifetime Achievement Award in 2017. 
and retired just this past February <laughs> after, I believe, 57 years from the Indiana Department of Natural Resources as the chief surveyor, being the oldest state employee at 102 years old. So, Bob Volmer, thank you for being here tonight. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your time. Well, <clears throat> brings back a lot of memories. I, uh, you pretty well covered the, the area. <laughs> I, uh, you don't forget any of it. No, I'm I, sure. I'm sure you don't. Tell us a little bit about the avalanche. We need to hear that story. Yeah. Well, I uh, that was uh, before I went back to school. You see, when uh, Pearl Harbor came, I uh, hadn't hadn't gone to school yet. Course five years in the service that uh, kind of messed me up a little bit. I uh, forgot a little bit about my uh, qualifications to go to school. And uh, I had, uh, when I decided to go back to school, I, I thought I'd better catch up on my math a little bit. I was down at uh, around Pasadena then, and I went uh, to catch up on my math. I went to Pasadena Junior College to uh, make up some of my deficits. Then I enrolled up at up at Berkeley. It was a good school. I uh, got acquainted with. <clears throat> The Proctor people, the guy that uh, that you might say developed the uh, all the testing for compaction soil, but compaction for highways and dams and whatnot. Pretty good experience. Then I had uh, a professor. I had he wrote one of the basic manuals. Matter of fact, I still got, I still got a copy of it. I got it right here someplace. I still got a copy of that, his manual. Wow. It's one of the, one of the best manuals I've ever run across. And, uh, but I guess I was out of Berkeley then, <clears throat> came back to East, got married, and uh, decided to go back to California. And uh, while I was going to California, I took a big, hmm. oh, pretty big honeymoon. I thought I'd visit all the national parks. I'd go north and south, north and south, cover everything. By the time I got out to Sequoia, I was uh, I was pretty well broke, so I thought I better start working. <laughs> Makes and, sense. Uh, I got uh, looks like I lost my picture there, but uh, I finally decided to go back to school and went up to Berkeley. That's where I got my basic surveying. I had a <clears throat> A little bit of it uh, 
in the service. I was with the engineers and um, I made three invasions. I lucked out. I was pretty lucky. I uh, had a lot of close ones, but uh, some I was lucky and some I was weren't, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember the first uh, experience I had in surveying, actually I was a machine gunner. And uh, I'd be around the perimeter looking for, uh, that watch for snipers. The guys are the surveyors ever surveying uh, for landing strips. I put in runways, and uh, of course they need a little protection. There were snipers all over the darn place. And uh, my first experience was with a Philadelphia rod. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a Philadelphia rod was. <laughs> I had a rifle, and some guy said, put down that damn rifle and grab a Philadelphia rod. <laughs> Well, Philadelphia rod, what's that? <laughs> so I had a rifle in one hand and a Philadelphia rod in the other hand. Hmm. Going around, getting a few shots. I'll never forget that. Wow. But uh, that's kind of an odd way to get started yeah. in the bay. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I came back to Indiana then, and I'm going to finish up at Purdue. And uh, I got a degree in engineering there at Purdue. I did a little bit more surveying, but mostly other types of engineering work. But uh, I like, uh, you don't quit studying. You start going to school just like now, to keep your license, you got to go to seminars to keep up your work. Very, very important. You don't quit learning. I learn something every day. 103 years old, I still learn. I learn something all the time. Education is the most wonderful thing we have. Our contracts in the Constitution education we have a great constitution and i'm all for it i i love it i love my country and i glad i was able to help out in the war of course but i keep going you don't quit I, you just don't quit you don't quit learning you help the kids help them learn, you keep going. But surveying is a great, great, it's a great field. This country was based on surveying. The first people that were in our country were surveyors. They had a survey, had a survey for everything. You survey in a war. You survey. Anytime you have a, a new country to dish out, you might say, the first thing in there is surveyors. 
surveyors or the ground people. Well, I could tell you so many things about following the old original landmarks. Of course, in surveying, you know, every time you do a survey, you have to tie it into something good, something stationary, something is positive, no guesswork. So you always, basically, you always start at a section corner. They were set by the first surveyors, the first people that settled this country. They're the ones that set our landmarks. And we have to follow those landmarks. Sometimes it's pretty rough. Some of them are so many, so many of them are missing. You have to do a lot of calculating to get position and know where to look for it. I even, I even search for landmarks in an airplane. I used to fly a little bit. And uh, it's kind of a unique way to find section corners. <laughs> you know, the first section corners laid out miles, miles square. Some of those section corners are pretty hard to find. So the way I used to do it, I took a, had me a little Porterfield airplane and I would line up the north and south section line, line it up, get pretty much what the uh, fly back and forth. So you knew just about what the bearing was. You did the same way at the east and west section line. <laughs> but before you went up in the airplane, you stopped at all the little grocery stores and bought all the two pound sacks of flour that you could buy, <laughs> about the size of a grapefruit, two pound sacks of flour. You take those up in the airplane when you were flying that course, north and south, then east and west, where you come just about to where you thought the section crossed, pow, 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 pow. You start throwing out the flower sack straight down. You <laughs> learn that in the war and in the war games. <laughs> wow. But you'd be surprised. Then you'd go up there. I mean, that's rough country, up and down, up and down. But you'd be surprised at uh, the luck you would have. I mean, uh, of course, if you got hit in the face with a flower sack, that wouldn't be very nice, but uh, <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? But, uh, that's how I started looking for section corners. And then uh, that kind of got, uh, we got in a little trouble with the Federal Aviation people about throwing flower sacks out of the airplane, you know? <laughs> so then we thought we'd use uh, balloons, helium, helium balloons. You could go to a war surplus store and buy those weather balloons for a quarter, 25 cents a quarter for a big weather balloon. The only thing is that take about $50 worth of helium to <laughs> fill it up to get enough volume to lift your, uh, you had your, you had your reflector, you had your plumb bob, <laughs> you always used piano wire cause you had a pretty darn long, wire. Then you had guy wires that took about $50, $60 worth of helium to hold all that up. Wow. 
The only trouble it is, it's pretty hard to guy, guy your reflector to keep the plumb bob pretty steady. <laughs> and you had to put your plumb bob in a little dish of oil to kind of keep it so it wouldn't flop around, you know. It was a lot of fun, but uh, it was pretty expensive. It, uh, it saved a lot of clearing, though, a lot of mm. chainsaw work. I mean, you take a clear out of a line a mile long with a chainsaw, you're talking about a lot of, you're talking about a lot of chainsaw work. You know, it's yep. got everything in a way. Yep. You know how it is, but you want a clear line, you want a line. And, uh, but that's the way we used to do it. But then uh, we found out we better go back to the old system, the old conventional system of plumb bobs and chains. And then when the EDM came out, I was, I was a big help, more accuracy, of course. The only thing is you had to carry all that stuff. Hmm. Well, it'd take a whole crew just to carry all your equipment. True. <laughs> and that was, uh, it, it was a lot of work. You can't, you don't get out of the work. You don't get, get away from the mosquitoes and the snakes and the, <laughs> and the animals. Yep. I mean, uh, the snakes were the worst. Oh, some of those snakes were pretty bad. You go through the swamps. I had this surveying it in easy. Of course, if you're in town, you got open lots and whatnot. It's a lot of fun. But I'll tell you this, surveying from the original corners, that's a lot of work. There's a lot of people that don't want to be a surveyor on account of the elements. But I'll tell you, it's rewarding when you find an old stone that's been saying, you never tell how old they are, but the old stones, they begin to get moss over the top of them and lichens grow. You can always tell, you can always tell pretty well how old they are by the uh, type of moss that grows on them. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, of course, when the CCCs came around, that was a, during the Depression. During the Depression, that uh, surveying was a little bit there. You could get all the help you wanted. A lot of people joined a survey crew just to eat. Hmm. I mean, during the Depression, there was people starving. and But you could always get on a survey crew. They always had a cook. I always had a cook. Sometimes you'd be out overnight, and there's a lot of people got on a survey crew, worked for nothing, just to eat, because they knew we would eat. You had to eat, or you wouldn't be working. And uh, you don't forget. But later on, then of course, we got most of the monuments relocated, whatever we could. And then we came out with a GPS, 
Boy, what a system, what a difference. <laughs> when the GPS first came out, there was still a lot of equipment to carry. But now you can get one of those handheld GPS units, get one with a lot of good firmware in it, so you can get out. Of course, you still have to have you still have to have a sometime clear spot so you can see enough satellites. You, you, you still got to do a little chainsaw work, but it isn't like it used to be. Yeah, it used to be. My God, you spent a whole day clearing just for one shot. We even had to get bulldozers even to clear lines. Wow. And that gets expensive. Uh, uh, but with the GPS today, it's so wonderful. You used to carry around a, to calculate trig, trig formulas, you know. You used to have to calculate everything. As even before the slide rule. Oh, jeez. Now, I still got my slide rule that I used up at Purdue. <laughs> I don't use it, of course, but uh, what a difference. Wow. Well, it used to be that today, my God, you get out there with your GPS, uh, pow, 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 pow. I mean, if you want a trade function, they hit 16 places even. Pow! <laughs> there it is, automatically. I mean, hell, we didn't have anything like that. Mm. We did that the hard way. Yep. But what a different now. Now I'm 103 years old. I'm too damn old to use this new stuff. <laughs> yeah. I can't even carry that now. <laughs> but some of this new equipment, I had a, I had a tremble. I forget a forget what model it was, but I had all the software for it. I just have to clear a little bit and you get probably 15 or 20 satellites. It only takes about four satellites, but today, just a, a few minutes, it might get 15 or 20 satellites. Mm -hmm. And that many satellites, you can pick up two or three real good ones and get very good accuracy. Matter of fact, we've gone back <clears throat> After we took a few shots about a year later, just to check, check it out. Of course, you have to make all your corrections for your atmosphere. And then for free, you got you to gotta do other work. You got to do your corrections or else that uh, GPS is worthless. Yep. You have to make your corrections. And uh, But if you do that and you come back later, you'll get the same damn thing. <laughs> yep. Correct yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's rewarding to go back and correct yourself and find out you did a pretty damn good job. Yep. But uh, today, you guys, you young guys got it made. My God. Uh, <laughs> with this GPS stuff, it's... It's so wonderful, but you still have to have your basics. You don't forget your basics. You got to go back to the 1941 when you started learning this damn stuff. I don't care how good your equipment is. There's always times when you have to go back to that damn 
book there. Well, I got that one at Professor Raymond Gray yep. Davis at Berkeley. Of course, I'm a Purdue grad. I, uh, but just give credit where credit's due. Yep. I learned a lot at Purdue too. While I was going to Purdue, I uh, was a little bit different type student. I was married. I had my first child was on the way. I went from Berkeley to West Lafayette and my wife was pregnant. And I thought, well, hell, I can't go in a dorm with a pregnant wife. I'm gonna build me a house. So I built me a, had a little money left. I bought me a lot on the North River Road on Wabash River, on the Wabash River, and started building me a house. I had all summer to build this house because I had to have it done for when I had my first child. I had, I had to have a house. And we lived in, uh, I didn't have it quite done before the semester started. I had a tarpaulin, didn't have a roof on it. You had to have a tarpaulin over the kitchen part. We lived in that kitchen part and I said hell I got I gotta get a little help so I had to get the roof on so I went over to Lafayette some bar and hired me a couple drunks <laughs> there are a few of those there <laughs> yeah the only thing I did I asked them if they could read a square because <clears throat> you know there's a lot of information on a carpenter square a lot of carpenters can't even, don't even know what it is. But it tells you your angles, if you, the pitch and whatnot, the, if you want to build a good roof. But anyway, these guys, uh, they were typical carpenters and they wanted paid every night so they could get a jug and drink. But when they were sober, they did good work. <laughs> and uh, I got my... I got my roof on on time for the semester. And uh, I'll never forget, I had my first child there. And then I kept going to school. I was taking agriculture and biological engineering. Learned how to build dams and whatnot. Got out of school. I got in a dam business, building dams, <laughs> and uh, a surveying purpose. It was still go back to that Raymond Davis book. Doesn't matter what you learn, you keep going, you learn all you can learn. Doesn't matter what you learn as long as you learn it right. Same way of doing a job, I don't care. You don't want to go in and uh, survey when I go into some other area. It doesn't matter as long as you do it right. It doesn't matter. You can enjoy doing that anything if you do it right. And of course, a survey, that's one thing you have to do it right, or you're not going to be a surveyor very long. I, uh, I enjoy it. I enjoyed my work. I enjoyed everything I've done. I've run in a lot of unusual people. 
I uh, I run on the gangsters, bootleggers, and surveying. It takes you in different areas of the of the sector. You run on that all kind of people. Matter of fact, one of the most polite, meanest, and most polite person I've ever run into was a gangster. As one of Al Capone's lieutenants. But we got along real good. All you gotta do is do it right, be honest. Don't try to pull a guy's leg. Do it right and you can get along with anybody. But I uh, I don't know, I had a lot of experience with people want to cheat, people squatting on government lands. I run in, a, had a lot of cases where you had to beat around the bush and be careful. It's about like in the war. You carry a rifle in one hand, look for the Japs and <laughs> with both eyes. I, uh, doesn't matter what you do, as long as you lock safe, as long as you do it right. You get along with anybody. And surveying is, you got to be very careful and do it right. Boy, you got to, you got to learn your math. You got to go back to your, your Pythagorean theorem. My God, you got to go back to your books. I, I can't remember everything, but that's why I go back to my books. If you look at my shelf back there, I got, my God, I got, I got all the books I've had at Purdue, at California, Pasadena, every place I was studied. I kept my books and I go back to them. You can't remember everything. And, uh, my seminars, my God, I, uh, of course, I won't be going anymore. I retired. I, uh, I hung it up about six months ago. And I already miss it. <laughs> I have, uh, I still go back to my books. I don't know why, but it kind of gets you in your blood, you you have to learn. I just like I say, uh, in Indiana here, Indiana, of course, is one of one not one of the real old states, but I remember the first public school teacher was appointed by George Washington. Wow. <laughs> Firstly appointed that was a, a Vincennes. Vincennes was uh the first, the first, you might say, the first town in Indiana. I mean, an important town. I mean, there's a lot of little villages, of course. But uh, Vincennes, uh, that's where the education started. It started right there. But uh, education is wonderful. There's no excuse for anybody to go through this 
country without learning something. There's no excuse. There's public schools any place you want to go. And if you can't find that, there's always somebody that's willing to help. There's always somebody that'll help you. Don't forget that. There's always somebody. If you want to learn, there's always somebody to help you if you don't have the means yourself. But what a, what a country. Full of good schools. My God, from coast to coast, there's, there's good schools every place. It's just wherever you want to go. Everybody's got their preferences. Of course, but I, uh, I don't know. I, if I was young, I'd still go back to school again. I would, the war messed me up first time, but my wife, she was a University of Wisconsin graduate. She was academically oriented and she was a great help. for me to go back to school. She's a great help. Without her, I don't know whether I made it or not. But she was a wonderful, wonderful wife. She died a long time ago. But uh, I promised her, we had four children. I promised her they were all Young Eric, my son, he was ready to go to sixth grade. But I promised my wife I'd educate all of my children, and I did. All of them got college degrees. All wonderful people. You gotta, you gotta learn. You gotta learn. There's a lot of schools out there. They don't all teach surveying, but you can always pick one that will. If you want to do something else, that's all right. Doesn't matter as long as you do it right. Heck, when you grow up, you might, after you start learning, earning a living, you might change your mind and decide to go into a different curriculum. There's nothing wrong with that either. You can learn, go through school, educate in one curriculum, and then decide you want to do something else. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as you do it right. And uh, school is great. I wish I could go back to school again. <laughs> I, uh, I learned so damn much. Before I went to school, I thought I knew it all. <laughs> I found I didn't know anything. But there's a lot of good schools. They didn't just Purdue. There's other good schools too. There's a lot of good schools. Oh, I was thinking about it. I got a lot of schools before I decided on Purdue. I, I thought a lot about going to a lot of schools. There's a lot of good ones all over the United States. Well, there's a lot of damn good schools. And it's like I said, it's in the Constitution. 
Where else would you want it? Did you ever read the Constitution? I, I got three copies of it. I read it all the time. <clears throat> I got it memorized. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure the domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense. I, I, I got it all memorized. It's great. It's the only country, the only country that has all these freedoms. It's the only country. Think about it. It's a great, great country. And the surveyors are the first people on the job. They're the first ones to go to a new area. You can't do anything until it's surveyed. So you guys are, you guys are in a great, <clears throat> a great world and you're, you're doing a, you're just, you got so much to look forward to. You got the world, in other words, you got the world by the ass, but you got, you can't let it go. You want to continue your education, get your units to keep your license up. You got to have a license. I got mine hanging on a wall here. Of course, I don't need it anymore, but I'm proud of it. I, uh, I'm just proud of all the schools. I can think. I can tell you a lot about a lot of them. I almost went to some other schools. I went to, almost went to Xavier. And I hmm. almost went to, I almost went to, oh, I'm almost went to, up there at, the, I forget which one, I forget so many, but I almost went to Sanford one time. Even Arizona, I almost, I forget whether I was interested in the Arizona State or Arizona. I forget which one out there in Arizona. I uh, I almost applied out there. Matter of fact, I did do some work, some some survey, survey work in Arizona. I forgot about it huh. down by Stanford, outside uh, south of Phoenix there. Yeah, I uh, you know where Sanford is. Yes, by Lisfield Park, out in that, in that area. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I just survey work places. I forgot forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't forget about it though. But I remember Lisfield Park real well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's probably changed since I was <laughs> yeah, just a little. Remember there's a club out there, the Wigwam. Oh yeah, yep, still there. Yep, still there. Yep. Yeah, great place. You better have a a lot of money though if you want to have it. <laughs> to do a little socializing up there. It's a pretty expensive place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I forgot all about that. I, uh, God damn, I'm, my memory, I hope my memory is slipping. <laughs> but I remember, I remember one survey job out in, uh, around Riverside, California. I was just a flunky on a crew then. I, I wasn't the crew chief or anything, but I was working, uh, getting ready to set some points. It was out the base of a mountain. Uh, it was up close around Palm Springs. I'm going to think about it. And because uh, I used to keep an airplane up at Banning when I lived mm. out there. But uh, I thought I heard somebody cry, like a baby crying. Mm. It's out where the desert started. And I told those guys, I said, I hear somebody crying. And they said, oh, Farmer, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, I heard somebody crying. And I'm going to find out where it is. So I left those guys and went up where I thought I heard the crying. It was up a little past, right? And there was somebody there. It was a little infant in diapers, uh, diapers. Wow. Somebody left that baby out there to die. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my that's exactly what it was. Wow. The, the ditch it. That poor kid crying at the, the diaper is full of red ants. Mm. I'll never forget that. Wow. Well, I took it back to where the crew was and we washed it, washed it up. And somebody went in town and brought the sheriff out. I always wondered what happened to that poor kid. Mm. I mean, somebody left that baby out there to die wow uh terrible i mean a very terrible thing mm. thank thank god but, you were there yeah i'm lucky i heard it but uh i'll tell you there's some bad things that go on like i said we got a wonderful world but there's we got some meanies too there's a Everybody has a nice, you know. Yep. You gotta watch some people. But I never forget that. But yeah, you know, that was out that was out there we were running for transmission lines mm -hmm. across the mountains and across the desert. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a pretty good job. And I remember you had to drink a lot of water, of course. And uh, this construction company, the first thing they'd do, they're gonna be in the area, the first thing they'd do is dig a well for water. <laughs> they have to go down about 400 feet. And about 400 feet, they'd get a lot of water. Mm. Today, I imagine they have to maybe go a little deeper than that because they're having their more problem. Mm -hmm. I hear at that uh, salt and sea, it's even drying up. Yep, it's it's completely. Even inside the airplane, I had a speedboat. I had a, a built me a speedboat. I could go 100. I wanted a race guy Lombardo, the orchestra <laughs> leader. Guy Lombardo, he had two speedboats. 
they go Temple One and Temple Two. And uh, he was always big at the Detroit Golden Cup race. I wanted to qualify for that race. And uh, I built me the speedboat. I didn't have a lot of money like I Lombardo and some of these guys that had money to spend. So I built my, my motor, I used a Hudson, eight-cylinder Hudson automobile engine. Hmm. You probably never heard of a Hudson, but that, it was a good car. And I got it in the junkyard for 25 bucks, eight <laughs> straight eight. I overhauled it myself. And I, that was my power plant. And I was, I had a, I was in a salt and sea tuning it up. You had to go over a hundred to qualify, hundred miles an hour. And I was going as fast as I could. I was just in the carburetor was going. And all at once the water started gushing up through the floorboards. My God, oh my. <laughs> I headed for shore, but I didn't make it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I sunk it. I sunk it. So I made it to shore myself, of course. I had a life jacket, of course. But that's the end of my speedboat. <laughs> but I always forgot about that. I still got the prop. I got the speedboat oh, wow. out later on. But it out that salt water, my God, that that salt water tore it up. I mean, uh, hard on the engine, naturally, all my special stuff that I had on it. But I got the prop. I still got my basement here. I got it hanging on the wall. Oh wow! But I had airplane, had speedboat. I had my wonderful wife, and. Uh, and she helped put me through school. Wow. Of course, uh, I never forget my education. Started there at Pasadena, then Berkeley, then ended up at Purdue. I uh, don't forget how I still remember my high school, grade school. I remember my teachers. I remember all of them. Yeah. Damn good teachers. Very good teachers. I remember the grade school went to you. Went to school and up to the eighth grade. In your classroom, you walk in your classroom, the American flag right there. And the first thing we did was said a large prayer before he even did anything. But today, things are so much different. Yeah. But I still got my room to the left here. <laughs> you can't see it from here, but I got a bedroom. There's my guest bedroom. I got a big American flag covers the whole wall, one whole wall. Hmm. And it's the old flag, 48 stars and 48 stars. I got one of the old ones. Hmm. Wow. 
probably that damn thing too. <laughs> I remember when they changed it, added new states. I wanted to see him keep the old flag. I don't care how many states they would add, but I thought they should have kept the old flag. But I'm just one, you know. <laughs> I'm just one. I imagine they did the right thing, but I still like the old, the old flag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I fought under. Made three invasions. I lucked out. My brother joined. I tried to get in the same outfit he was in, his second Marine Division, and uh, but I didn't make it. They, when I went in, they wouldn't put you in the same outfit as mm. your brother. I think that's because one of the ships is four or five brothers, all of them were killed on one ship was blowing up. So they uh, made a rule that uh, just one from the family can be in an outfit. But uh, I'll never forget, never forget the war either. I think about, about a lot. Of course, I just won, you know, there's a lot of good men, damn good men. I did come back. Damn good man. That's a damn shame. But uh, that's the way it goes. But uh, but you guys, you younger guys, there'll probably be another war sometime. But the more you learn now, the more. If you go in the service, the more it's going to help you in the service. The service needs good thinking, man. They don't want dummies. They want people that can think. It's like surveyors. Surveyors are probably the most important people that a, a battalion can have. Because you could do so many things. And surveying it covers a, a lot of area. And you see a lot. You see all kind of different people. And the more different people you see, the more you're going to learn. There isn't any one person that knows it all. <clears throat> you learn from other people. Same way as surveying, you learn from other people. Yep. I remember a lot of people taught me the nitty gritty things. Remember how when you used to throw a chain? Mm. You probably don't do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, that's the hardest thing to do to learn how to throw a chain. You mm -hmm. want to surveyor until you can throw a chain. Matter of fact, I uh, later on in life, when I was looking for a crew, there's some guy that uh, wanted to hire on a crew. He said he had a little experience in the Army. 
they said he was a surveyor of the army. About that time, we just got unsewing the chain. I was going to, on one, one link at a time, stretch it out. And he said, oh, hell, I'll show you how to do that. Here's the way he did it in the army. Here was a chain all rolled up. It's already unthrown. He said, just hold one end of it and you give it a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I'll learn something. I learned what I learned and he didn't know anything about it. <laughs> it probably, it's just like a clock spray. <laughs> My God, it took two hours to undo that damn thing. Of course, he was looking for another job, too. But uh, I don't know why he told me that. It always bothered me. I mean, hell, that 50, 60 years ago. But I never forget it. I never forget it. But... Uh, you learn something, you learn something all the time. I learned something from any, almost anybody I've talked to, I learned something. All you guys, if I was in a field with you guys, I learned something from you guys. Maybe it's something new. I mean, I can't keep up with everything. You go to the seminars, you don't learn at all, but you learn something. Don't don't start change these seminars. You keep learning. Besides, it keeps your brain active. Hell, there's muscles in your brain. There's muscles up there. You got to exercise those. Yep, that's for sure. Well, Bob, I got to tell you, you've taught us a lot this evening, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, we can't thank you enough for spending the time with us and sharing those stories and the wisdom. And as you said, you know, we, uh, we, we have to have an open mind every day and be willing to learn something new every day. And uh, I... I couldn't have said it better myself. And the, the story you have that backs that saying up is is unbelievable. Um, you got something, Ryan? I got to say, this guy with his age is what it is. He is still more passionate about this job and this career than a lot of people I meet today yeah. that are a fraction of his age. So right. I uh, applaud that. I can only hope that people will listen to this and feel that passion mm-hmm. that, that you're mentioning and uh, take a look at themselves in, you know, as far as this profession goes and just continue to learn. That, that's I, the biggest takeaway. Continue to learn. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Keep those books. Reference them as much as you can. They are amazing. Yep, absolutely. So, Bob, thank you again. We really, really appreciate it. As they wow. s- as they say, that's a wrap, boys. <laughs> Check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all our social media outlets, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Download podcasts and Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. Don't forget to download the Geoholics app from LSU, that being Lance United. 
And please subscribe to the new Geoholics YouTube channel. John Philip Sousa. Stars and Stripes Forever. Fitting. God bless you, Bob. Thank you for your service. Please don't forget to support our friends of the program. Pay it forward. Add value. Make friends. Be good people. Never stop learning. And most importantly, be safe and healthy, everyone. All right. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Find them at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. LIDAR News at lidarnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu slash surveying. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys at agsgps.com. Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com. Cyanic Automation at getjobbook.com. Safety Apparel, you can find them at safetyapparel.us. And finally, Get Kids Into Survey at getkidsintosurvey.com.